Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. I'm going to ask you to turn into the Gospel of John this morning. We continue our series, which has an indefinite amount of time, okay? It it could be months, it could be years, it could be the decade. We don't know, all right? We're just in it together as we journey through this Gospel. And and Pastor Ben last week set us up with that. If you did not hear or were unable to attend last week, please go back to either our Facebook or our YouTube channel and watch last week's sermon. You'll get a great picture of John and the, the way that he wrote and his meaning behind it, but there was a phrase that comes later in the book that Ben helped us understand, and the purpose of that is that all might believe, that all might believe this testimony, this word given forth through Christ the Son. We see that in chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. It says this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing or entrusting yourself into his care, you may have life in his name. The beauty of John is that he writes to both the Jew and the Greek, to the religious and the pagan, to the saint, to the sinner, to the educated and the uneducated, to the poor, the rich, the strong, the weak. We found last week that that his writings meet people right where they are, and I believe that the word meets us where we are today, amen? Regardless of where you've been, where you're at, and what you've come in here with this morning, the Word of God desires to speak to us firsthand that we might be transformed into the image of Jesus. You know that today? He wants to speak to you, to us together. Will you let Him? You know, I've, by being a father now of a five year old, a lot of the TV shows we watch are often very painful kids' cartoons. You ever watch those? Like, there's some of them I don't even know what the purpose is, like Norwal the Unicorn or something like that. I mean, we had Gabby's Playhouse going on. For years, it was Coco Melon, which, if I had to hear another Coco Melon song, I was, oh man, I just need to go for a drive. But. There's an Australian shepherd that has won my affections. His name is Bandit. I've learned some good fathering tips from Bandit from a show called Bluey. Yeah, some of you know this, right? I've loved it because my daughter loves this show. It's, it's simple for her. She learns wonderful lessons often in this show, and I have learned that it, that maybe sometimes I'm a pretty lousy father. Like, I'm not always the most creative. And Bandit has encouraged me that there's times I just need to be creative, even if I look like a complete idiot doing it. But isn't it great when we can do it when we all have something to learn? And, and I believe that's what John is doing for us. He's laying it out there for us that, that in its simplest form, as you're here today, and you may say, man, I just don't know a lot about the Bible or this church. That's okay. The book of John was written for us. And maybe you've come and you have more education than anybody else in this room. Guess what? The Gospel of John is given for you as well. We have much to learn through the Logos, through the Word of God today. The Gospel of John does this for us. 
from beginning of all creation through eternity. And so if you'll look with me in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, Ben looked at this last week, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, establishing the framework of Jesus, being one with the Father from the beginning and will be forevermore. And that same Word speaks to us today. That's why we love Organizations like the Gideons that allow the Bible, the written word of God, to go forth. I remember in my father's Bible, the inside cover, I opened it in an inscription there. He simply wrote, the word will teach us if we will let it. I wonder this morning if you've come with that posture. Expecting the word to teach us. And then the question is for you and for me. Will you let it? Will you give yourself over to it? Will you surrender your ideas and preconceptions and just allow the word to speak? The Logos, Jesus, from the very beginning in our present situation and forevermore. You see, the reality is there was never a time the word was not, and there will never be a time the word will not exist. Logos in Hebrew is a word, uh, debar, which means that the word, the logos, was sent from God for his purpose and then returns to him or, or gives him glory. And in John verses 1 through 18 of chapter 1, we see this revealed to us in creation, in revelation of this word to humanity in a dwelling with us. And so this morning, we want to pick up here in verse 3. Would you read along with me? It says, Through him, then, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here we see the Logos in creation. We see it sent with a purpose that's going to give God glory in return, and creation has twofold purpose. Creation speaks of something in this sense that animates life. It creates life. We see God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the creator of life. Foundationally then, this tells us in John, there is a creator God and the word was with him. But not only does creation animate or speak into existence, but but it also sustains life. It sustains life. It's the guiding way. And we see it in this text that he uses the word light to explain both. Both the source as well as the sustaining nature of the Logos. Source can speak of the speed of light. The speed of light is something that has always fascinated me. And uh, years ago... Uh, MIT developed a camera that worked at one trillionth of a frame per second. I don't know how to equate that other than it's really fast. (laughs) Prior to that, uh, there was a very popular image of a bullet that's going through an apple, and it caught those frames. 
to put that in perspective, with a trillionth there, it would have taken over two days, they said, to see that whole thing play out. To show you that, uh, I've just got a real quick video that shows light entering at a trillionth of a frame per second and us being able to see it begin to travel. Would you guys play that for me? Uh, So let me show you another example. It may seem unremarkable at first, a soda bottle filled with water, but then a flash. So you see the pulse of light entering from the left? This pulse is actually a packet of photons, particles of light. And we can see its energy front sweeping across the bottle from left to right. And eventually the pulse will hit the cap and emit a bright flash. Just think how fast it was traveling. About 600 million miles per hour. And how long did that event take in real life? It took a billionth of a second for light to go from one end to the other. So an event that took a nanosecond it has been stretched to? About 20 seconds. 20 seconds. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot of stretching. This is super slow motion. The Logos is the source of that light. That when we see, it's just light. And even when we slow it down to a trillionth of a second, we still can't understand the nuances of that. The word speaks into existence light. Genesis 1-3 tells us that. And God said, you know it? Let there be light. And there was light. I watch videos like this and I think this is why the darkness can't comprehend it. Because I can't even begin to make sense of how that happens and how that works. It is just light. The Logos. Faster than that, it speaks that light into existence as its source. But we also know light in this life, and science will tell us that light sustains life, doesn't it? In fact, uh, it tells us this. Science has learned light is responsible for all life. For the production of the air that we breathe, the cycles of our oceans, the magnetic fields around our planet, gravity, warmth, weather, light is the source. Don't you love it when science just continues to affirm the creator God and who he is and all of his majesty and his beautiful creation? That light that was spoken into existence is also a light that sustains life. I just learned this last week as part of our joy group that kids grow faster in the spring. Who knew? I had no idea. I thought maybe it's because the sun's coming up and we just grow towards the light. I mean, I don't know. That's just dually theory this morning. But light does, it sustains us. So the Logos, who is Jesus, I want you to hear this this morning, he speaks life into existence spoke us into existence, and as part of that, simultaneously sustains life as well. The Logos speaks it into his existence and is the only source which will sustain that life. Remember, Logos in the Hebrew, it's sent to accomplish its purpose. John 1, 6 through 8 says, There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. And that isn't the writer here. This is speaking of John the Baptist, the the rough guy in the wilderness. Verse 7, it says, He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, that creating, that sustaining light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to that light. 
So we see the Logos in, in creation, both creating and sustaining. And now we see the Logos, the Word, being revealed in verses 6 through 13. The Word, responsible for creation, speaks this John into existence and uses him to accomplish God's purpose. A man sent from whom? God. That's his credibility. God is the one that gives him credibility, and that then gives him or makes him a witness. To be a witness is somebody that has firsthand knowledge or experience, and this person with that would then testify. Testify just simply means to vouch for. It's a term of respect that he would testify to give homage, respect to the one that is coming. And then we see this preposition in there, the word about. And that about connects his testimony of who is to come to the light, the creator, the sustainer. So that then through him, all might believe. What's the hope that they believe? That they would believe in the one who speaks life and sustains life. I was reminded this last week, we were looking through old pictures and uh, had to go back uh, five years, but was reminded of Nora's birth. That's our little girl. She's five years old. And uh, many of you don't know our whole story, but we struggled with about 10 years of infertility. Is that right? Am I close to that? Yeah. About 10 years of of infertility uh, with a chance of almost zero of really ever getting pregnant. And so through that process, we believe we heard from the Lord that, that we would seek to adopt a child. And we went through that process. And that's painful. Those of you going through that, man, the Lord is with you. And might he bless you and sustain you through that. We were matched. Our son was born up in Toledo. And long story short, after such, uh, the birth father came forward and decided he would like to try to parent. And so we kept our little Jacob for several months, eight months, and then we had to give custody over to his father. During that time, which was very challenging and sorrowful for us, season, I would say, of great despair, the day we found out we had lost that in court, I don't know why, you can ask her later, Brittany decided she should take a pregnancy test. I don't know. You can explain that later. Yeah, yeah. you don't know either. You just thought you should. And so she did, and it came back positive. And she showed me and and said, Dave, uh, taken one or two of these, two of them. And at that point, I'm like, no. So I went to Walmart, and I bought the most expensive pregnancy, three, three of the most expensive pregnancy tests one could buy. All right? And I come back. It was a lot of money. I bet I spent $50 in pregnancy tests that day. Here's what I learned. The expensive ones do the same things as the cheap ones. <laughs> Just wasted money. All of them came back. And still, even with that, because of our experience, we were in disbelief. But knowing our story, we, we ended up making an appointment uh, to go get an ultrasound just to make sure we really don't have a baby. And we went with such pessimism. I'd love to tell you we had great faith. It was not great faith. It was sheer pessimism. And then we get there, and i uh, got a picture I'd like you to see here. That's our little Nora. 
Brittany was 12 weeks pregnant. They thought Nora was an ulcer. Yeah. Great ulcer, huh? (laughs) I'm just going to give that a moment here. This is good. But I remember when we saw that picture, it's the first time we believed. It became tangible. It became something we could see and believe with our eyes. And we walked through 15 years at our former church in Kenton with people that just became family we loved, and they lived this journey with us. And we couldn't wait to share with them that they too might believe. And real quickly, can I, can I invite you into that real fast? Can we watch that together? That'd be okay with you guys? You're going to see it anyway, so you don't have a choice. Let's roll the video here. There's great joy when when we believe and we get to share that story then with others that they too might believe. But in that process, there was one more just, just wonderful thing that happened. The testimony was great. But I'll never forget the day, September 12th, that Nora was born. And and in this picture, you're going to see this was me receiving her uh, for the very first time. I believed it. I got to share it. But there was that moment when I got to receive her into my arms. And it was the most glorious day in the world. And this morning, that's what I believe John is sharing with us about Jesus. Will you believe my testimony from the credibility of God, the word sent that you might believe, that you might receive, that you might become then a child of God. This is the word revealed to the world in Christ. Listen, John's gospel is not weak in this just believe language. You see, believe for John was exactly this. It is to believe, to receive, to entrust ourselves into the care of another. Belief is not just knowing, folks. Are you with me? It's not just knowing. It's entrusting. It's saying, all that I am, I entrust into the care of the word, the Logos, Jesus Christ today. I believe it. I receive it. But the good news is John doesn't stop there. After that moment with Nora and I received her and we were so excited, it wasn't long that we ended up, Nora got her first helicopter ride, her last helicopter ride, hopefully. They had thought she had something wrong with her heart and uh, they were sending her to Nationwide and an ambulance wasn't available and so... Immediately, instead of discharging us home, they were hooking our little girl up and we had to trust them to get her where she was going. They flew her to Nationwide Children's Hospital. Good news is, we got to Children's Hospital. The hole was small and closing up. They sent us home that night. (laughs) We were home for one night. And then we got news that Nora had a blood infection. 
So they immediately sent us to Blanchard Valley Hospital Pediatric Unit in Finley. I think Brittany just came through major surgery, and now we're trying to navigate that sleeping on hospital beds, only to find out somehow, which was supposed to not be possible with the blood drawn from the umbilical cord, it was a false positive. <laughs> she was fine. <laughs> and so we, we endured all that, but all of that to say the moment when all that, and we got to bring her home. And we knew we were home. We laid her down next to us in her little bassinet, and we began this life of dwelling together. It's not always beautiful. Okay, it's, it's always beautiful. It's just sometimes challenging. How's that? Those you have kids, you know what I'm talking about, right? Dwelling together, married folk, dwelling together. Y'all that have roommates, you're in college or wherever. I mean, dwelling is a hard thing. It is a wonderful thing, isn't it? To know we're together in the same place, in the same house, going through all of the joys and all of the challenges together. John 1.14, you ready? The word became flesh and made his, would you say it with me here if we got that on the screen? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We then have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth, the Logos, the word that creates life, that sustains life, that gives us the ability to come and be with it, desires to dwell among us. Now this news in the original context for the Greek and for the Jew uh, would have been unheard of for them. For the Greek, the, the divine would never bother themselves with humanity. Many at that time were Gnostics that believed all matter was evil, so God could never come in the form of a man because it would make God, in their opinion, evil. It was unheard of to them. For the Jew, though they expected God to come and dwell, they expected a conquering king, didn't they? Not the suffering servant. But dwelling for the Jew wasn't an uncommon thing. If we look back into the Old Testament about God's dwelling with his people, in Numbers chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meetings, or the tabernacle, in the desert of Sinai, on the first day of the second month of the second year, after the Israelites came out of Egypt. The Lord dwelled among them. He tabernacled with the people Exodus 25, 8 and 9 says, Then they have, have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. And then in verse 22 of that same chapter, God says, there I will meet with you. On the ark of the testimony, I will speak with you. You see, the ark of the covenant, the ark and the tabernacle was a vivid symbol to the people of God's presence with them, God's dwelling with them as a people. And now the gospel, John brings that language back to them and I believe to us today to say the Logos, the word made flesh to dwell among us. You see, God wasn't about just occasional visitations with his people of Israel, nor is he about occasional visitations with us today. 
For those of you that feel like you come to church just to do your church thing and get your God fix in and then you go do your thing, that isn't the gospel. That's not the logos that God intended from creation till now. You see, he desires a dwelling, something that radically changes not just our moments when we come to a place, but our moments, especially, I would argue, as we leave this place. To dwell And so this morning, it is our stance through the word that we dwell in his kingdom here and now, as well as forevermore. The Logos speaks life, creates, sustains, that we might believe and receive and dwell with him forever. Remember, what is Logos defined in the Hebrew? That it's sent forth to accomplish his purpose and then returns glory to him. And that are these first 18 verses of John. And so the question for us this morning is simply this. Have you believed it? Have you believed this testimony of the Logos of God in Christ and his presence with us? Have you then received it? Have you not just seen the picture and said, oh yeah, I believe that to be true, but have you truly received it into your heart, into your being, that he might then dwell or tabernacle with us just as he did with his people in the Old Testament through Christ? Oh, and then we get the good news of the Holy Spirit, don't we? That makes that dwelling possible to know that he is with us, not just in these moments, but in all of our moments. Have you believed it? Have you received it? You invited him to dwell, to live among you in your comings and goings. And if not, can I just, Can I just ask a question? (laughs) What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Life to get convenient? Him to answer in some other way? Something to go right for you? I don't know what your hesitations may be, but can I tell you personally in my life, I have nothing greater than the reality that the Logos dwells within me. And I wouldn't want you to wait one moment further. Believe him. Receive him for the forgiveness of your sins and invite him to dwell within you. And then there's the next questions that that, that may make up the bulk of us this morning. Remember, John likes to talk in dualistic thought. He kind of has something for everybody. So those of you that have believed and received, then the question is simply this. What are you waiting for to share it? You expect Ben and I and Brittany and others to do that? Like we're the only ones that give testimony? That's not the Logos. That's not the word given to us that creates, that sustains, that we receive, and then it goes forth in glory. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Is that good enough? I invite you to stand with us today. And as we pray that you would just respond to the word.
the word that was and is and will always be. What are you waiting for? I can't pray this for you. Your neighbor can't pray it for you. Kids, your parents can't pray it for you. Spouses, your spouse can't pray. If it's got to just be you. Do you believe it? Will you receive it? And we invite him in. And then I wonder how many of us have done that and expect somebody else to give testimony. Shame on us. Can I say that? Shame on us. Because the word returns glory to the Lord. Would you be willing to share that with somebody this week? What the Lord's been doing in your life? Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, maybe you just need to pick up the phone and call somebody. Maybe it's when you get into the office on Monday morning. I don't know when it may be, but it has a purpose. Will you be a part of that wonderful story of the word of God and let it return glory to him this week? Let's pray, Lord. I thank you. I thank you that you were, are, and will always be. And that you have always sought to seek out your creation and make a way for us to dwell with you now and forevermore. And so, Lord, today for those that maybe for the first time just need to believe and receive and know that you desire to dwell with them, Lord, I I just pray they would make that action towards you in this moment to simply say, Lord, here I am. I believe you. I receive you as my Savior. Forgive me and dwell with me all the days of my life. And Lord, those of us that have prayed that prayer, might we be reminded of it in this morning and might we believe you have given us a purpose. And Lord, that we then go as ambassadors to share and make much of your glory for you alone deserve it. And so Lord, today we are grateful. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For God is good and all the time. God bless you guys. We love you. We hope you have a wonderful week. Have a great day in the Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 1030 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.